We are live. Hey. Um, I'm just noticing like a cool thing in the description of this. The way it shows like the later clips link in the description of the video is really cool. Or the live stream, I should say. Oh, yeah. It shows like a YouTube logo slash later clips instead of having the complete URL. It's pretty sick. Really? Eh? Yeah, it's really slick looking. And I presume if you're linking around YouTube from like, well, in this case, main show to the clip channel, mm-hmm. it's making YouTube specific links look pretty. Ooh. Which I like. Good uh, job, you, you were just You were just asking me for like an update. The community wants it. No, just that. So not, do I. not you. You know, not I'm you, just curious that. as a friend, <laughs> as someone who is employed by you. I'm kind of curious <laughs> if you've been. Uh, hopefully, nothing bad. So you'd wrong. prefer if I'm not dead? I, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was weird, man, because obviously is there an uh, update? Well, not really. I oh, mean, okay. a little bit, I would say. Sure. I think I may have did like I I had stuff to do last night, right? Yeah. And so and I was already convinced that the tag was not on my vehicle. Because okay. and by the way, quick recap, I yeah. just I got the notification on one of my iOS devices that there was a tag traveling with me, an air tag. And I was like, okay, well, try to track this thing down. I played the speaker noise. I couldn't find the speaker noise. I kept getting different um, uh, I was using the scanning app on Android, and then I was also using Find My on my iOS device because Find My is supposed to show this, but Find My is really a disaster as far as I'm concerned on this front because it kind of misconstrues things. Like, it has to be around you for a certain amount of time before it's going to even show up as a device, so you have to kind of, like, wait. You can't just run a scan in other words, on unknown air tags uh-huh. versus these other apps where you can do it. And people suggested the uh, blue app. What was it called? Um, blue. Light blue. Oh, God. Where is it? Oh, that was an iOS app. Yeah, it was called. Uh, was it light blue? Yeah. Yeah. OK, so I was using that. But for some reason, this wasn't showing me air tags. This was on, showing me a lot of unknown devices. Then I was having to click through for more information and. It was showing me the strength of the signal coming from the low power Bluetooth device. So that was kind of cool, but it just, the interface wasn't super helpful. And ident- there's so many devices. I'm getting 25 on a scan, and many of them manufactured by Apple. And then I'm trying to cross reference Mac addresses to the devices. I, but I have too many, there's too many devices. And we were hoping like the, the, um, the signal strength would help lead you to where the actual air tag is not if you have 20 apple devices so anyway i found another app which is called and this is a paid app so i'm not necessarily recommending it but i just found the the interface and the feedback to be a little easier to cruise through and it was called uh, air tag uh, tracker detect pro it's four bucks on android i don't know if like, I, if you need it or not, it, the ratings are not fantastic. It's kind of hard to say. And it didn't, for the record, it didn't, like, Is it, it didn't, didn't kind of look how this looks where I felt I could kind of just walk towards. It wasn't UWB. 
which seems to be an iOS only thing when it is your own AirTag, but it will at least identify. Wait, no, this is the official Tracker Detect app. Okay. Uh, a Tracker Detect Pro is underneath it. Oh, this it, one. Yeah, that that other one's by Apple. Oh, okay. Okay, so that, that that's the default one that you get that Apple put out reluctantly. They're like, okay, I don't know if it's reluctantly, but they realized there was an issue and they published an, an iOS app, or sorry, an Android app instead of just having people find out on iOS if they're being tracked. So anyways, uh, this third party made this Tracker Detect Pro, which is quite a bit different than the official app from Apple. You can play an AirTag sound, you can run a scan at any time, and it will show you an actual readout in meters or feet Okay. of how close proximity an AirTag happens to be. Now, I was kind of freaking out because i discovered i honestly didn't have time i was out of the house i was still doing stuff i still have life obligations so i didn't have time like after work to really investigate so it was late at night and everyone was sleeping and i'm like all right let me i'm gonna go full detective mode now okay yeah but you know it's also a snowstorm is weird and it was kind of an odd time to be into detective mode yeah and also, I was just gassed, man. I was exhausted. And I was like, oh, can I really get to the bottom of this right now by the time everybody went to bed? So I'm getting this really close air tag show up in this app. And I'm like, what the God's name is this here? In, uh, in your house? Inside. Okay. And I'm like, I'm checking coat pockets. I'm, uh, I'm like, damn, this thing is one meter away from me. Like. You're just looking around you just like in circles uh, kind of no I, i'm telling you i'm in the closet i'm checking coat pockets i'm checking uh pants that you know like i'm just anywhere that i feel like a pocket could have had something in it mm-hmm. i'm emptying stuff out i'm checking backpacks i'm checking you know all the stuff you would check right mm-hmm. um i can't get anything i can't get anywhere i'm just i'm just a meter away from this thing so then i'm like wait a second huh now by the way i should mention at this point this is not the only air tag but this is the one i'm most terrified about showing up on this scan okay i have a total of five air tags now showing up on this scan what five but do you and i don't have any air tags i don't have, i don't have a single air tag your family in, in this pro- in this proximity okay i mean i have air tags but not in this proximity Besides, it doesn't matter because they wouldn't be unknown. They're not in this anyway. Okay. This is only air tags that don't belong to me. Got it? Right. So anyway, I'm I I'm I'm like, you know, maybe these things are being classified incorrectly. How the hell I got five air tags? I'm like, maybe these Apple devices are not registering themselves correctly. So I go find my Apple Watch Ultra, which I haven't used in about a thousand years. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is the only thing nearby enough without an identifier. I'm not seeing Apple Watch on here. I power down the Apple Watch. There goes the one AirTag. Mm. So they are like labeled as some sort of Find My. Find My technology. was broadcasting something even in the absence of having used the, being the Apple Watch even being used. Right. So, okay, there's one. I got four more. 
And uh, the full, the these other ones are the ones that have been causing me problems from the jump. They got to be Apple products then, right? But here's the problem. The, none of these I can get to ping from inside my house. So none of them have been planted on anything personal item. Because these ones are only available to me when I'm outside the house. Got it? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, ting, 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 ting. And they're all there and different ranges. So I got like uh let's say 15 feet 50 feet 100 feet all in this range of distance Hmm. and i'm like okay i don't have the proximity to other people's houses is not he um is not small Mm -hmm. so so it it they're more than that distance away so i'm like is this thing completely like i'm starting to think did somebody down the street pick up a bunch of these things was somebody parked on the road with a bunch of these things so i start going up and down now i'm marching through the snow over here (laughs) and i look like a maniac i'm about to get arrested or shot or something trying to stalk the stalker in this case yeah with your uh, dick tracy outfit it's a double double stalker job thing going on Um, now, th- th- some people are mentioning, you know, AirPods can come up like this. They're supposed to identify correctly. So it should be like, hey, there's an unknown pair of AirPods near you or there's an unknown uh, device or whatever else. And then AirTags are supposed to say AirTags, which is what I liked about this app is that this app lets you actually select only AirTags. Oh, okay. This app, you can go in and say, I don't care about all these other devices. Uh-huh. You can uncheck others and apple devices see that go back to that other slide i'm now promoting this app it's four bucks i'm not really promoting the app but it's just the the you found it useful i found it useful i I found it useful i found it useful but i can't speak to everybody's experience with it so anyway it also will tell you if any of the devices are suspicious or if they've been around you before like it will keep track of every single time it gets a device and the and it, as long as you keep the app installed it will tell you um if this is a new one or if this is the original time in which you encountered this device uh-huh. am i to the bottom of it absolutely not i still so you couldn't find the other four devices i have four now air tags which i can ping and they're outside your house well i can ping them from there i can find them from there using this scanner at those ranges of distances and i can march around and i'm like a guy playing hot and cold i'm like a hotter hotter you're getting it's getting warm you're getting hot it's warmer warmer you're in someone's bathroom colder (laughs) colder exactly all of a sudden I'm knocking on the window. I'm really hot right now, but yeah. I don't. I don't think without UWB. I think that this low power Bluetooth is wonky, as far as those distances are concerned, yeah. and those projections or those transmit powers and so on. And I really want UWB, so I really want the third party device, which is just going to ding 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 right up to it. Uh-huh. The same way that is, if I owned the, the, tr- the tracker myself, I'd be able to find it. Now I realize some type of security risk, but with that, but if I got a tracker that has now been with me or close enough to me for over forty eight hours, mm-hmm. I can't get the peace of mind closing the eyes. Mm. So something like this is 
it's bringing you straight to it. Hopefully. Well, that's the idea, right? Yeah. And it's not just air tags, but it's all tracking devices. That's the goal. I mean, I could use one of these things like ASAP, basically. They said two weeks. So we'll find two out. Two weeks. That's too late. Two weeks. I'm dead yeah. in two weeks. You understand? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Identify BLE tags and devices by manufacturer. All day BLE tag detection in your pocket. I just really, really don't like Apple's implementation of this. I'm just going to straight up say that. I just, I'm not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes it feel so mysterious. Like, all I have is these two, uh, I mean, they're basically glorified screenshots at this point. They're not interactive. And it's just like, this happened at this time and that happened at that time. And then I, if I open up Find My Where with all of this is supposed to happen, I don't see any of it anymore. I see nothing. But if I open up a third party app, I can still see these four tags. Huh. Do you see what I'm saying here? But within that Android app, you can't like sound like the audio. No. You can't beep it. No. Right. Uh, but but the Android uh, the Android find my by Apple, you can beep it. Oh, okay. But I can't hear any beeps anyway. Right, right. And it doesn't show me distance. It just goes ping, ping, ping. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show me distance on it. At least this shows. Oh no, that one looks like it can play a sound too. It doesn't matter because I don't. I haven't heard sound since since right, right, right. the very since this whole thing started. Yeah, this is very. Um, I feel like someone is tracking you because they disabled the sound. Well, no, unless unless it, I, I'm right and the thing is behind a wall somewhere on another person's house and it's coming through a window or something. And I'm just beeping the hell out of their place. The thing is, they haven't... the tri- These uh, four units that I've been able to discover haven't budged the proximity from oh, okay. where I scan. If I scan in the same location, proximity remains the same. There. Okay. So that's why I was thinking car at first, right? I was like, okay, I'm, I'm concerned that there might be car involvement because I, you know, I'm standing near them. But then I'm like, let me get even closer. Let me go to the other side of the car. And it, it wasn't having a drastic impact. However, if I walked around a little, like changed my location greatly, then like I would walk, let's say 20 feet. And then all of a sudden the air tag is four feet closer. Do you see what I'm saying? But I walked 20 feet. Like I can't, it's just not possible to, to, to get it exact, it's exact right, location right. without UWB, uh-huh. which is why they built it in the first place on their own products. Yeah. Cause they knew damn well, what good is the air tag? If you know the rough proximity, you need to know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what happens with your other devices on find my, yeah. if it's your own device, it will take you right to it. If it's somebody else's device, you just know roughly right, that it's right. been on you now for 48 hours or near enough to you for 48 hours. Now, I'm honestly at a point where I'm like, am I knocking on doors here? Probably. Maybe. Dude, I feel like this is like a problem that many people might have. Like, what if you're stuck in an apartment? Tight quarters. And then your neighbor has a air tag or something. <laughs> And your phone's just pinging off. The AirTag 
is only supposed to alert you of nefariousness if the air tag is no longer with the owner. You feel me? Mm-hmm. If the air tag is with the owner and the owner's iOS device, this is why we never get pinged by Kovu's air tag on the right. dog in the, the studio because Mo's here. Yeah. If Mo were to leave the dog in the studio and, and just take his phone. be gone for a week, we'd be getting pinged like crazy unknown air tag. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So m- my best guess is that and again, I'm going on the optimistic side right now, is that it's actually traveling with somebody nearby or it's stationary with somebody nearby. And when there, my problem occurs when they go away from that tag, but that tag is being picked up by my devices. Right. Now, for me to get to the bottom of that, I have to look at when Find My is pinging me uh-huh. And if that coincides with any like neighbor exiting their premises, like this is this is bananas for me to be able to distinguish if that's what's going on. Yeah, and it's also just an awkward situation talking to your neighbors about air tags. Like somebody said, what if what if it's it tags on a on a neighbor's cat or dog? Like that is another thought I had. Yeah, but why? But I, then it's too many tags. Yeah. It's too many tags. Listen, man, I don't uh it's a, it's it's going to be something something that's ongoing for sure. And I know other people have experienced uh stuff like this and I just I wonder about the way tags are identifying themselves versus other devices and I I know that some apps know know the difference between an air tag and the uh, the classifier for it others just list it as unknown other right. apps that are for detection but of course you're definitely going to want to know the difference cuz an air tag is what 20 bucks mm-hmm. and the chance that a person's going to take a hit on like any other device to track you is unlikely yeah. so you really want to know immediately the difference between air tags and then whatever your neighborhood's and your household's other iOS devices are mm-hmm. you going to yeah go ahead Someone in the chat said it might be a bug. Greg said, I had five plus since launch. No issue till this week. But my tag beeped at me, the owner. Second alerted my colleagues who I see daily in the office. Is it a bug? Maybe. Maybe they're testing out some stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I was able to identify all types of other Bluetooth, right? Like, I was able to go through and say, okay, I know which device that is. I know which device that is. I know which device that is. And distinguish from there that the, the tags are the tags. The tags are legit. And... But I don't know what else is worthwhile tagging. It's not something... Let's say, okay, let's just do this in reverse. It's not something inside the the place. It's not a vehicle, from what I can tell. So what the hell else is worth tagging? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see what I mean? But the proximity thing is mess you up. It'll mess you up because all of a sudden you're just marching around like, oh, I'm only now I'm nine meters away. Right. And uh, let me try to find where's eight meters away. And and I know it's bull crap, all of it, because I go in one direction and I got I got four feet closer. I keep going in that direction. Now I'm four feet further away. It's mm-hmm. some goofy stuff going on. It is not precision. It's not accurate. Maybe what the guy's going to give me is precision. 
the dedicated device. Yeah, Blue Sleuth. Hopefully, we'll try it out. But don't worry, I had to, I put those sentry modes and stuff on, so like I was also okay. monitoring that. And I mean, I'm paying attention. That's for damn sure. But this, this is not. It's not fully fleshed out. It's not a comforting thing. And my whole impression of the product is altered, mm. right? As it would be for anybody who had this type of encounter mm-hmm. where, and it was the same thing my wife said to me. She's like, it seems like all you need is one experience like this to think that the drawbacks outweigh the benefits. Yeah, just, it just takes one bad experience. One bad experience is highlighted so so much more greatly i mean maybe if you lost your dog and found your dog that would be on the on the positive end of the yeah. spectrum you'd be like wow that's amazing tech uh-huh. which it is but and i think it we, happens more often than not for the most part we just need better tools to yeah. be able to like isolate it and actually find it that's the key we need mm-hmm. they got to give us access to that yeah anyway yeah uh, that's your update for now. I don't know. I'll let you know if these things move, if if they if they budge, mm-hmm. and if I'm able to better march around. It's like the worst time for it too. To like, there's so much snow that fell last night. Yeah, it's the worst time to go hunting for air tags. Uh huh. And talking to your neighbors about it, that's just awkward. It's like, can I just uh, beep real quick and see if I can hear it? Oh my God! Can you imagine? Yeah. I was also get thinking, off my property. You know, what if you even just had a neighbor that was like, I mean, I don't want to make any accusations, but you could have. Not all neighbors are created equal, right? And you could course, go and make an accusation, and they could take it the wrong way, and they might not even understand the tech and be like, "Are you spying on me?" And you're just like, "No, like this happened. That's definitely not what's going." Yeah, don't you watch Lou later? You oh. know what I mean. So, anyway. We're going to keep watching. I'll keep monitoring. That's right. what I'll give you on that one All for right. now. Uh, Elon Musk and Tesla give California a second chance. To everyone's surprise, Tesla CEO has decided to open Tesla's engineering headquarters in Palo Alto just over a year after moving the automaker's headquarters to Austin, Texas. Hmm. Well, listen. I mean, obviously, there's a real track record in that area of California for tremendous talent. That's a lot of it, I presume, still there. It's a warming of relations between Elon Musk and California. It's a bit like the return of the child prodigy. At the end of 2021, the billionaire moved Tesla's headquarters to Fremont, California, from Fremont, California to Austin, Texas. The reason was clear. The California authorities had given in to progressive ideology symbolized by wokeism. Which we cut, which was becoming a drag on business, according to the techno king. Well, there was also some taxation stuff, and I, I'm sure he was looking for all advantages possible uh, when it came to expanding. And I remember they were rolling out the red carpet in Austin. They had the mayor over there, the mm-hmm. governor, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, you create all these jobs. You put this building over here. Maybe uh, your tax rate looks like this instead of this. Maybe... Uh, we chip in a few bucks. Maybe we put a nicer road up to the Giga. Listen, this is all alleged. I'm just, you know, I'm goofing around. I don't know how that all works, but you know, in politics, Will, you give, you take. You give a little, you get a little. Yeah. And and then just some regions in general are going to be more aggressive and welcoming when it comes to attracting business. And at the time, he was having a COVID dispute with Fremont. 
uh, location as well, where the uh, I don't know if it was the governor of the state it was another politician in California that what really wanted things shut down over there. And he was like, I'm building cars. I ain't shutting down. And I'm going to Texas type thing going yeah. on. So there's a number of factors beyond just your, uh, the, the, I guess maybe that counts as a progressive ideology. I don't know the way this thing is written. Uh, April 30th, 2020, Musk launched a scathing criticism of anti-COVID-19 measures during Tesla's first quarter earning calls. I should say we are a bit worried about not being able to resume production in the Bay Area, and that should be identified as a serious risk. That's called scathing, Will. Mm. Um, but apparently he has a... I mean, I don't know if he's changed his point of view, and I don't know how big this operation would be in comparison. Tesla is restarting production uh, today against Alameda County rules. I will be on the line with everyone else. If anyone is arrested, I ask that it only be me. This was him back in 2020, sort of peak COVID times when he was uh, suggesting that they'd have to arrest him to have him stop making cars back then Uh in his uh, defiant stage Mm -hmm. probably still in that stage to be honest when it comes to certain factors from what i gather tesla was told they could operate by the state of california but alameda county illegally overrode that decision elon musk can you confirm and he says yes california okay alameda not okay Mm. so i guess it was more of like a municipal type of issue but anyway so they're going back so maybe scroll to that part of it Tesla bets on California again. We're excited to announce that Tesla's global engineering headquarters will be right here. The former headquarters of Hewlett Packard, Musk said, alongside Democratic uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom in an event taking place in Palo Alto, Feb 22, streamed on Tesla's Twitter account. He had to shake it hands. What do you think Newsom did? Huh? A little massage or what? He got a free Tesla and a massage from Elon. No, no, it's the other way around. He had to get him back. Oh, okay, yeah. He had to do something for Elon. Okay. Elon didn't need help with that. Uh, So is Elon going to be working from Fremont? Well, engineering headquarters. No, no, not Fremont. We're now into Palo Alto. Palo Alto. Yeah, that's like, you know, that's that's your, that's Silicon Valley Central, really. It's in and around all those guys. You got your Apples and your Googles and your, you know, your near Mountain View and you got your, your, your Metas and... They're all in there, right? So when it comes to attracting talent and stuff on your on your side, you're like, okay, certainly in software engineering, you go, all you got to do is come down the street. And they go, okay, perfect. Let's get a little bit of the video clip here. Let's see what the moods are like. We got white shirts. We got suit jackets. We got bright sunshine, overexposure on the faces. So we're, we're excited to announce that uh, Tesla's uh, global engineering headquarters will be right here, the uh, former headquarters of uh, Hewlett-Packard. Um, and uh, this is, uh, I think, a poetic uh, transition from the company that founded Silicon Valley to Tesla. And we're very excited to yeah, make this our global engineering headquarters um, in California. Applaud, everybody. Applaud, everybody. Just here for Elon Musk, everybody. Appreciate it. I mean, I, Elon, we're, we're talking about obviously the symbolism, but also the substance. Empty chairs uh, up front there. Reflected in an event like this and a day like this, but also I think the relevance of the world we're living in, and you know what defines the trend lines of the world, and how is California in particular, a state you know that prides itself on being on the leading and cutting edge 
uh, of discovery and new ideas and innovation. How do we take advantage of those trend lines? And I've said it for decades now, and we first met quite literally a few decades ago before those first cars were rolling off the line, uh, that if you want to be big, big, big and big things. And the opportunity to transform the automobile industry, uh, to lead the world, not just this nation, to lead the state in this extraordinary journey we've been on over the last 20 years, to be now the dominant manufacturer in the dominant manufacturing state. People forget that. California is the largest manufacturing state in the United States, now the fourth largest economy in the world. Eat your heart out, Germany. Um, and a state of remarkable resiliency, 7.8% GDP growth. A year ago, 2.9. This, this, this is the, the, uh, the, the promo. Nation. He's running his own promo right now. He's like a wrestler. Yeah. And in so many ways, I... Eat your heart out, Germany. Is now competing out of fourth, the biggest you economy. You got to step rude. up your game. Uh, and you got to invest in your growth engines. And I couldn't be more proud of California's commitment to support Tesla over the course of the last few decades. It's demonstrable in terms of <laughs> policy. Wow. In terms of Elon's, what's Elon thinking about in his head right now? Is like regulation. I want to tweet. He's like, what if all some memes? Good and evil, depending we on put wings you're on, on the Cybertruck, and it all of a sudden is flying. Cyberplane. This was the then we, were going. we landed on the and roof of this place, right? Now. Maybe right on this guy's head. I don't know. The investments <laughs> we have made over the course of years. Uh, we're able to lay claim now. To yeah, that's a lot of Texas is pretty good. This uh, man, this guy got a lot out of this. Uh, I don't know. The building's okay, but uh, this guy's kind of taking it a bit far here. Like, I, I really mean, we could do this anywhere. Right? It's kind of cool to be back here, but we're America's coming attraction. Yeah, in fact, you were one of the first people to buy a Tesla Roadster back in the day. I, uh, I we appreciate just, you saying that. We were just uh, talking yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, I told him he had my money for a long while with yeah. that. That was a, by the way, that was a healthy deposit you had to make. You didn't yeah. trust me. It was you like 100, I was 100 take grand, off. I think. Yeah, yeah thank uh, you very back, much. Back, back when, when I had money. Yeah, when that was a lot of money in 2007. It's still a lot. Back <laughs> when I had money. You haven't looked at my salary, so, okay? Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, we had about the same net worth back then. Oh, my God. I but, think mine but, went negative for a while. Yours went negative, and uh, and I got I got a pension. So eat your heart out. Yeah. You know? Eat your heart out again. But we got I, a I, second I'm eating of the heart out. As I said, it's been a hell of a journey, <laughs> and to see the engineer look. And I'll just close on this because it's important. It's not surprising to me, but I don't take it. For this a is a, this is um, some weird content we just stumbled into. But you like it. I do. It's got a lot of stuff I like. They are just like oil and water, these two. Like, you can easily understand why they didn't previously get along. Body language. There's just very little interfacing. Again, what separates our game from the game played so many other parts of the globe. And so you're a huge part of that success. Oh, here he goes. Okay, now he's going to say he's good. And I'm here because we don't take that for granted. And we yeah. appreciate the investments you're making here today. And you mentioned uh, manufacturing. Um, what was weird about that? Uh, Fremont manufacturing plant is that he goes talking about how great they are and growing and smashing and eat your heart out, and then he's like, oh, "Yeah, we're happy to have you." Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, he makes it sound like they don't need them at all, but you have Elon standing right there. It's, it's an odd. Which is again often. So lost. 
We also have more hunting jobs and more fishing jobs and more forestry jobs. I'm not just... It's a big state. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, shots fired. Connect in terms shots of... Shots fired. Small shots fired. I mean, it's a big state, all right? You got a lot of people, so... Okay, yeah. You know, I mean, he's like GDP. Okay, yeah, we get it. You have mountains and the ocean. Like, we get it. This is called a California promotion, uh, at least my rhetoric. Uh, but it's also California pride. And I say that as a guy who grew up here. Uh, and those that count us out, those that think our best days are behind us, um, I've been hearing that my entire life, half a century. Uh, and I think today is just another proof point of the renewal and the energy and the yeah. pride is a weird uh, thing and, uh, you know again, like to be so proud of a physical areas, it takes guts it takes courage it takes risk uh, you know it's taking and um, he's and pointing at him again uh, it takes partnership so I'm, I'm appreciative of you and appreciative of our partnership over the course wow. of the last 20 years and uh, let's uh, let's see this as the beginning of something even more extraordinary on the journey to dominate in this space and to change the way we produce and consume energy in this state and this nation eat your heart out will (laughs) all right well eat your heart out yeah eat your heart out he i think elon regrets this he's like you know what hey this hp place is okay but i don't know if it's worth it with all that yeah fly me back to texas i want to ride my rocket he's like you know what i don't know he's like I don't know about this guy. <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so awkward. Uh, listen, it can happen to the best of us. I, I mean, I haven't been in that exact scenario, but well, Elon's not. I really promise a social you, I've, guy as well. No, I know, but I promise I've just been in awkward social scenarios where it's not really thought through, and then they're like, "Well, just gonna, you're gonna stand over there, and he's gonna stand over there." And it's weird. You have a mic. You're facing 12 people sitting in folding chairs. Uh But then it's also, you know, it's streamed. And then everyone's supposed to be excited and happy. And it's like, they should just sit down and have a conversation, maybe. Like, I don't know. There's got to be, because it just ends up feeling that way. And really, the way it feels is like a Newsom there just cutting a promo for how sick California is. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I'm not sure that that's really the point here. Like, we didn't find out anything about this HQ that they're going to have. Yeah, maybe a tour. Well, we didn't find out anything. Cool. Like, how many people are you going to have there? Uh, what exactly are they going to be working on? Why is it beneficial for them to be uh, located there proximity-wise? I don't know. It's just, it, it, yeah. We didn't really get too much info there. Yeah. But... Whatever. Congrats. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess they keep it moving, right? There must be real. There must be positive incentives. Mm-hmm. There must be positive incentives. Yeah. Uh, how about Twitter possibly going open source? Musk suggests he could open up Twitter's source code next week. Going open source might be the best thing to happen to Twitter. Not only will it help Twitter brush off allegations of being lenient on certain ideology, it will also help Elon Musk deal with allegations of him tweaking Twitter's algorithm to favor his profile and tweets. Well, listen. He had been nagging on this idea of a better reflection of impressions relative to your follower count. Mm -hmm. And he's done all types of tweaks that people are not necessarily uh, completely sold on, like the way that mentions show up and 
the fact that replies are held in such high regard, like the replies of people you follow seem to be to have tremendous velocity at this point as well. If it's a hot reply and it's like, I don't know, because a lot of people's feeds ended up becoming Elon because he just happens to be one of these most followed and most active guys. Mm -hmm. Should that be the way the platform runs? Maybe there's an argument for it. Does it require special tweaking? It might require less special tweaking than you think if they are able to just kind of twist some sort of velocity marker and you have the most um, you have the most there's a word I'm looking for here impressionable tweet? No, no, no. What is Viral it? What is tweet? it when you have something that Rocket is pr fuel? Pr producing a lot? Propulsion? No. Somebody UFOs. Somebody tell me in the chat. There's a very specific word, and, and, and my brain is not finding it right now. Now somebody will be screaming at the camera. Yeah. It's like if it's, it's, I think it's also if you have like a lot of offspring. Too many uh, choices of words? Not influence. Oh, God. I'm, I might not leave this. I might not be able to leave this. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop the no, show. No, I, I might not be able to leave this. Wow, really? Nobody can help me here? I'll get there. Thrust. I'll get there, but Engagement. I'm going to continue. No, no, no. It's like a lot, a large number. When you produce a lot, like he... the, the Capacity? The, the prolific. There we go. Boom. Prolific. Okay? This is why Benjamin prolific. God. Prolific. Benjamin. Now people are just saying prolific. Yeah, say it. Yeah. Because it's not about the fact that he has so many followers. It's he's so freaking active. He's so active. There's a lot of people with a lot of followers. They don't say anything for six months. Yeah. You know, how often? And then it's like some weird promo tweet that's not even really engaging with anything. Mm. Which is a lot of Twitter sometimes. It's like not really conversational as it used to be. Mm. And he comes in like an old-fashioned Twitter user with his prolific tweet style and conversational style and having a lot of followers. And it's like, who's really on that scale? I don't feel like Katy Perry or Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez is like tweeting like he is or memeing like he is. Yeah, replies are off. His replies are often way more than the original tweet. Prolific. Yeah. He's a prolific tweeter and... Uh, it's important. I, I like, yeah. If they open it up, we can all look and say, "Well, that's why those tweaks are particularly beneficial to him, but could also be beneficial for other users that find themselves in a similar category." But what does that end up doing? Well, it obviously tweaks things so that you're going to be seeing more popular people more frequently. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's what you want out of this program, out of this website. You may want to see more of something different, like smaller accounts that are more closely related to you. Like that's one thing I think YouTube's algorithm does a good job of. It used to have a tremendous popularity bias. It still does. It's still there. You're, if something is tremendously popular, it will be suggested to you. But it'll also suggest something to you with like 800 views. I'm sure you've had this happen to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I love those. And sometimes you, you find you find something magic in there. Yeah. And Twitter, it seems less so. So you open it up. We all take a look. I guess then 
we decide if we like those tweaks or don't like those tweaks and how they're influencing the way that the platform is looking. But do you also think like uh, they'll, other companies will make third-party apps again since it's opened up? Oh, I don't think they'll change that. I don't think no, just I... because it's open that they'll have they'll have to engage with that. They they, they have their own API rules that are. I don't, I, I would assume right. The open source paradigm promotes open. Yeah, I mean it does typically promote that, but I don't necessarily think it means in this case they would change open policy. Yeah, I don't think they would necessarily change their policy. In this case, I think it would just be to expose their decision making. Sure. So that people couldn't or wouldn't make claims against them that aren't supported within the within the code. Mm -hmm. That's my guess, at least. Mm -hmm. Tesla Model Three refresh spotted with new wheels. They always, you know, uh, just put that blanket over the front there, like you don't know what it is. Yeah. Like I wonder if that's the new Tesla Model Three. Yeah. Like, yep, easy, make it easier to spot. Uh, what do you think about these wheels? You've got a Model 3. I don't mind them. I do like them. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty cool. They added uh, more spokes, or they're just oriented, like, in a different way. Yeah, they have a, it has a... It has, a, like, like a, a rotation. And a concave kind of thing going on. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. see how they are, like, that's the center portion with the lugs on it is embedded a little deeper in there. You got a little ramp action going on. Late last year, we started hearing rumors Tesla's working on a Model 3 refresh for the second half of 2023. Wow, that's really soon. Uh, Codenamed Highland, for a few years now, Tesla's been integrating its large casting technology into Model Y with single large casting parts replacing dozens of parts in the electric SUV. This new technology has enabled Tesla to greatly improve manufacturing efficiency. That's like the big Hot Wheels style thing. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there, this one is Highland, Project Highland. And in order to make this adjustment, they would obviously have to temporarily slow down production in order to uh, integrate their new systems with this, this new assembly. It's got heavy camo on the front end and rear end, but the shape still looks roughly the same. The wheels are obviously different. Yeah, probably still 18-inch, I would assume. Looks like it. My question is just what they're covering up could be a change in sensors, cameras, things like that, because the shape looks pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. And what, so what would you need to be hiding up there as you look at some of that? Uh, Maybe it just doesn't have, like, a bumper. Maybe they're just playing with, like, an open... I just... When you, when you look at these spy shots, do you envision a, a Model 3 that looks very much different than the no, current one? No. It just might have different badging, uh, different branding and different sensors that's what i would guess is being hidden here right but i don't know i guess it could technically be a facelift you could change the headlights they're covered the taillights are less covered and they look pretty much identical mm -hmm. so but you're the model three guy well i i think it looks can the you same. spot anything different here uh no except for the wheels i mean they look cool yeah yeah, the wheel change looks cool. So if that's the stock option, I think that that, that could be nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Ford study shows heated interior panels could save EV range. It's more efficient than relying on HVAC. Okay, I was having a conversation about this last night. Mm -hmm. Last night, I get to the hockey rink, and I'm talking to a parent, mm -hmm. and she's telling me how 
treacherous the, one of her friends commute, not one of her friends, one of her coworkers commute has become with the dropped temperatures because it got cold again. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person is commuting from, you know, I don't know, a 45 minute, 45 minute commute, I would say, in a Tesla. And has on some days decided not to turn on heating at all <laughs> because of the impact of heating on your range. Hmm. And this has to do with the lack of efficiency in the way this happens compared to a gas vehicle and also just the, the way we want heat delivered as far as like blown air. Mm-hmm. The heated seat, the heated steering wheel, these are actually quite efficient as far as like warming your body up without a lot of waste mm-hmm. and just kind of floating away. And you remember recently we were talking about a story where there was a more efficient way to heat your home with infrared type wallpapers that would Mm. sort of emanate heat in that way. This to me feels very similar. If you can figure out a way to heat the panels and to have a a, a radiant style of heat, you may have better conversion and less energy loss. Mm. And that looks to be like what they're working on here. Temperature is one of the biggest enemies of electric car range. Some of that is keeping the batteries in their prime operating temperature range for best performance, but also keeping the people inside in their prime operating temperature. That requires energy, which in turn takes away from what is used for traveling. In an effort to find more efficient ways to manage cabin temperatures, specifically warmth, Ford ran an experiment to see what works better, traditional HVAC system or heated interior panels. They focus on delivery vehicles using e-transit vans. The reason for that is because it's tricky to keep the cabin warm when you're opening and closing doors. It's also difficult to keep cabins warm or cool in the summer, which is why when you had those heat waves, the UPS drivers were like collapsing. Mm -hmm. And then Rivian and Amazon were working on a new type of delivery van that was going to be capable of keeping them cool with air conditioning and other things. Mm -hmm. Doors opening and closing very inefficient. So this focused on e-transit vans, delivery vans. Uh, and instead, they concealed these heating pads. Everything, the seats, headrests, armrests, door panels, sun visors, lower steering column, any surface, floor mats, any surface they could embed these heating elements into, they did. Mm-hmm. And these heat panels managed to use 13% less energy while keeping the cabin comfortable. Ford says that savings could improve driving range by 5%. Now, this is just a test, and it's on a work van, which is constantly opening and closing, but you could imagine inside of a sedan or something, Will, might be more insulated, right? Those things are already pretty insulated for things like sound and so forth. When you have a luxury sedan, Mm. maybe that heat is more likely to stay in there. Certainly heated interior panels are totally feasible for cars today. Luxury automakers such as BMW and Mercedes have been offering heated armrests in addition to seats and steering wheels for years now. Now, those are only luxury cars, but you can imagine somebody really finds out a way to do an efficient version of this. This could be a game changer. It is one of the most major dents you're getting in your range is just trying to get the car heated up. Yeah. I put the defrost mode on the vehicle. I get there. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I used to that. My range is looking a lot different. And it's loud. My range be looking a lot different. Mm-hmm. Mercedes-Benz and BMW have dramatically different ideas for next-gen infotainment. Mercedes unveiled its new infotainment system with a big touchscreen and new software. BMW's new look goes a completely different direction. Well, BMW, we already saw, right, because they put put it in the backseat mm-hmm. on a new 7 Series, electric or otherwise, or gas-powered. And they got the big widescreen you can watch from the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're looking at the front here. Is this an EQS or is this like an upcoming model? 
It's a an upcoming image. model. This looks. I mean, we've seen what this is. Basically, the same implementation as the EQS, which is. Ah, uh, no, so this one's a little bit different. The EQS has the display that spans the entire deal. Mm-hmm. In this case, we have one secondary display where the driver sits and then this really expansive display traveling from the center console all the way to where the passenger sits above the glove box. And it appears seamless. This one also looks like it has an almost Apple CarPlay-like interface. It does. Even though that's their official interface. But still three screens. Yeah, it is three individual screens. It's just the piece of glass on the second one that makes it look seamless. Yeah, there's this, a break here. This may be the Mercedes SUV that has this this type of implementation. It, overall, it's a kind of it's a luxurious look. Uh, yet the two have very different attacks ta- uh, for how they'll fight for new buyers. Coincidentally, BMW and Mercedes have offered looks at their next generation infotainment systems. Uh, 60 days apart, Mercedes-Benz on Wednesday detailed the MBOS infotainment system for investors, touchscreen dominant look with its ecosystem and architecture, customized software systems and software's revenue approach. Ooh, software's revenue approach gets people real fired up. Well, because then it's, you got like, oh, you want to unlock that heated seat? Mm-hmm. Subscribe. That's us knocking at your door. Yeah. We're knocking at the door of your, of your wallet. I never knew my wallet had a door. Your wallet has a door. Yeah. And you best keep it locked. It's very slick. It is. I remember the EQS here, and it was just like, just futuristic. Yeah, it's totally different than what Tesla does. So Tesla's just like, okay, you have a computer monitor in your car. That's Mm. really what's going on. It even pokes up, pops up, and they're just like, that's the easiest way. They tried here to make it look like an original, like a, like cars used to look. They tried to embed it in the dash to a certain extent. Yeah, and it also has buttons on the steering wheel, which is nice. It's a nice touch. This still does something different, at least for the passenger, where the passenger has a dedicated display they can interact with that isn't going to distract the driver. Mm. I think you saw, were they playing YouTube or a game in that other image? Uh, this one. Is that YouTube or Angry Birds? That looks like Angry Birds. So, they, so the passenger's playing Angry Birds, maybe, or watching Angry Birds, and the driver isn't really distracted because of all the shapes and curves that you're able to apply Yeah. Uh, to keep one display sort of primarily for the passenger rather than the driver. Now, what is the BMW equivalent they showed off? That's the one above there, I guess. That's going to be this image, which is putting, it's kind of projecting a lot of what's going on onto the windshield. Hmm. And then the touch-based interface is actually in the, in the center console section. So the windshield itself, almost like augmented reality, becomes the display section. But this looks kind of more futuristic, like further in the future to me. Yeah. And those everything looks like fabric as well. Yeah. Uh, touch yeah. points. Yeah, they, they listen, I'm, I'm sure they'll have their own benefits and drawbacks. For me, the BMW version they showed off looks to be... Oh. I, I mean, people might start thinking about efficiency, Will. Mm-hmm. People might start thinking, hey, how much power are all these different things using and how can we diminish the energy consumption in order to get better range Because since everything goes electric and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple's non-invasive blood glucose technology for future Apple Watch reaches proof of concept stage. Well, this would be enormous if they could pull this yeah. off. No more pinpricks. This would just... uh, I know there are devices that do this. I see them advertised where 
you just scan your arm over here mm. and you have but you have something that's kind of embedded you have something that stays there if i recall correctly to avoid the pricks i don't know how they'll be able to do it in the watch apple has made notable progress on non-invasive blood glucose monitoring tech According to a new report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, planned as a future Apple Watch feature, Apple wants to use the function to allow diabetics and others to test their blood glucose levels without needing to prick the skin for blood testing. Oh, my God. They would sell so many of these things on that premise alone. Yeah. To test blood glucose levels, Apple's developing a silicon photonics chip that uses optical absorption spectroscopy to shine light from a laser under the skin to determine the concentration of glucose in the body. The technology is in a proof of concept stage that is viable but needs to be condensed to a size that can fit into a wearable. At the current time, the prototype device is sized similarly to an iPhone and can be attached to a person's arm that is smaller than a, pr a previous version that was big enough that it required an entire tabletop. So they're shrinking it. They want to get it to a watch size. This is a potential for an enormous customer base, obviously. TSMC has developed the main chip powering the prototype, but Apple previously worked with Rockley Photonics to create sensors and chips for glucose monitoring. Rockley in 2021 unveiled a digital sensor system that it said could monitor body temperature, blood pressure, glucose trends, hydration, alcohol, lactate, and more. Honestly, it might sound weird to you, and I don't have diabetes, but this type of wearable is way more interesting to me than just like I want to do a workout. Yeah, I just this is like real bio markers and feedback and preemptive predictions of potential problems. Like when they started talking about ECGs and SpO2, mm -hmm. that kind of got me going. And then this goes to another level. If I'm checking about alcohol concentration, hydration level. When you're lactating. Blood pressure. These are all things that are extremely annoying, if, if even possible, to track. Mm -hmm. To have that passively exist on your wrist is enormous. Now, as mentioned, the current tech is way too big to wear. Can they do it? How quickly can they do it? Miniaturize it? Remains to be seen. What is the battery consumption associated with it? A lot of questions remain. But if Apple could crack that, now you got some next level wearable. Uh -huh. It seems hard to go, it's hard to not have because all this set of sensors could, make, could be a game changer for a lot of people. And the same size as an Apple Watch. Very impressive. You need to know when you're lactating. I, I definitely need to know. Google wants returning staff to share desks with a partner to maximize office space. But they've got to agree on tidiness expectations. <laughs> you imagine yourself trying to share a desk with anyone else in oh. here? I'm like, listen, listen, Will, we got to condense our office space here. Oh. We, we now have your quarter to work with. Oh, no. And everyone else is going to be in there, too. Yeah. You're going to have to shift over to the left. E wait, everyone? I don't. It's not just a partner? No, no. <laughs> we're taking it to the next level because we're the friendliest and tidiest, right? Okay. Uh, I guess so. Maximize office space. I don't know. Did they eliminate a bunch of office space? Because it seems like they have a lot. Googlers are being asked to share their desk with a partner in a bid to maximize space efficiency at some of the tech giants' largest offices. 
Other big tech firms are battling to get people to come back to the office, and Amazon CEO Andy Jassy facing down a petition of thousands of workers unhappy at the prospect. Google appears to be embracing a hybrid and rotating work model. In an internal document seen by CNBC, Google has asked staff to alternate the days they come in, Mondays and Wednesdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays, in order for one desk to be shared between multiple people. Members of staff are invited to come into the office on unassigned days, but they will be asked to sit in an overflow drop-in space. So they're like, okay, fine. You guys all want to work from home. Well, we can't have these enormous leases on these buildings. So you're going to have to go back to work, but also work right beside your... Uh, It seems to me that basically what they're saying is actually you would rotate days. So your desk would be used by you on Mondays and Wednesdays, and it would be used by Mo on Thursdays and Fridays. Tuesdays Tuesdays and Thursdays. Nobody works on Fridays, Will. Not if you work for Google. Gotcha. So you're just renting like a desk, essentially. It's not yours permanently. Now, you can obviously understand why that where you could have tension there. You come in and all of a sudden Mo's dirty fork is on your desk. And you're like, hey, "Hey, man, I'm not suggesting that that's what would happen. I'm just painting a picture here, Mo. Take it easy. Uh I mean, it could be Will's dirty fork. Who knows? could be his yellow mug that sits there for however, however long. You never know. The memo adds that these changes will affect staff in Google's uh, Google Cloud's five biggest locations in the United States, Kirkland, Washington, New York City, San Francisco, Seattle, and Sunnyvale, California. The motive behind the move is clear. Real estate efficiency. That's the reason for the switch. They're like, okay, yeah, go ahead, work from home. We'll have less real estate. Save a bunch of cash. You guys are productive, right? You're still doing stuff, right? Just come in every other day or twice a week instead, and we'll have a smaller space. Maybe we should implement this, Well, What do you say? We should move to a shoebox. No? Okay. Will doesn't agree. What about, uh, what could we work with? Half this space? What do you say? Real estate efficiency, Will. Where will all our cars go? You're screaming at me, Will. You're, <laughs> you're, lot, you're screaming and yelling. I have a lot of cars here. Anyways. You're a tidy guy. I think people would want to share with you. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> leave a lot of gum under the seat. That's sabotage, Will. <laughs> you just leave a bunch of air tags? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, take that. PlayStation 5 has been slammed for deceiving message on the box. I thought this was kind of funny. This is interesting. I mean, this is probably one of those things that most people didn't even notice, I'm guessing. Yeah. This year, the PlayStation 5 will turn three years old. Happy birthday. But it doesn't support a feature that's advertised right on the front of the box, even three years later. Uh-huh. The very start of the year, though, Sony Interactive CEO Jim Ryan announced that from now on, everyone who wants a PS5 should have a much easier time finding one at retailers globally. I actually saw a sign. I don't remember where I was. I might have been in a mall or something. They had PS5s. Okay. Yeah, remember, we checked Amazon, too. There's PS5s. I don't remember where I was. Rejoice. However, on Reddit, some PS5 owners are feeling frustrated that after all this time, 8K gaming still isn't an option, despite the fact that there's an 8K sticker right on front of the packaging. <laughs> it's funny because who has an 8K TV? I mean, it's not really a sticker. It's a, uh, it's right on the package, yeah. like printed on there. A label. Where's my 8K gaming PlayStation? One user question along with a picture on the box. It's literally just bullshit marketing because technically HDMI 2.1 connection can do 8K. Yeah. 8K capable just because of the HDMI connection. Uh-huh. Another user summed up the situation best. The PS5 doesn't support 8K output. The sticker on the box is kind of deceiving. The console supports 8K internal rendering resolution, but not output via HDMI 2.1. 
but the sticker isn't that specific, they wrote. And an FAQ in the PlayStation blog states that after a future system software update, the console will be able to output resolutions up to 8K when content is available with supported software. We still need 8K content. Yeah. Though. Like, yeah. you would need an 8K game. You would probably see, like, an 8K video prior yeah. to the an 8K sure. game. And but, you would need a software update. To, oh, go ahead, Will. And you need a display that would support that, too. I don't think there's a lot of them out there. Will, that's an understatement. There's almost no 8K displays yeah, out there. I mean, they cost a boatload. So, yeah, this is a little funny thing here yeah. that I saw. But it is true. Like, it... I wonder what the cheapest. I wonder what the the cheapest 8K display is in the world. Cheapest 8K display. Oh, you're looking. I'm looking. Uh, Dell's Ultra Sharp, maybe 32 inch monitor. It's not cheap. This one. This does 8K. Dell does have an 8K monitor. No, that's not it. No, Apparently, LG released a sub $1,000 8K display. What? More and more 8K displays. is already by far the cheapest 8K display available anywhere in the world at that discount. I guess LG had a cheap one. The Nano 956NA. Nano Cell 8K LED TV. I don't remember if we showcased this on the channel or not. It's your cheapest ticket to 8K. So, it's not the best TV in the world. But it's your cheapest way in. It's like less bright than OLED or anything like that. Oh, this, wait, is this? This is not OLED, no. Direct LED lighting, second gen Alpha A9 processor. Your black levels and stuff would suffer compared to an OLED display. But if you're like resolution at all costs, yeah, it's not that crazy. Well, you can buy this. Okay. It's come down in price quite a bit is what I'm trying to get at. I know we have, well, I don't even know where it went. Where the hell did that go? It's in the back. Oh, okay. Just moved further down? That thing's like, what, 10, 15 Because it's like 88 inches or whatever yeah. it is. Like it's, and it's their highest end OLED and 8K. It's a different story. Right, right. People can get in for less if they don't want to have the whole package deal. This is the stunning vaquita, the rarest animal in the world. Only 10 of them exist. Yo, are you scamming me right now no it's a it's a porpoise very rare that um they've been trying to track it and they they keep dying so they're not mating and wouldn't would they be able to influence i know humans always overdo it would they be able to influence in one kind of way like yeah i'm sure they could but they're just tracking it naturally to see if they copulate but um, they're not doing so well. You just drop a copulate on a show? <laughs> Damn, dude. Vaquitas are little porpoises that live in the northern area of the Gulf of California. Due to overfishing, they're almost extinct. And I don't even think they're probably aiming for these things. It's just the nets and stuff, right? Because it kind of looks like a dolphin. It looks like a Pixar dolphin. Yeah, kind of wow. like a beluga whale as well. Yeah, and the face there. The body of a dolphin. Yeah. It's a type of porpoise. The vaquita, also known as the... Fulcina sinus or sinus is a small porpoise native to the northern area of Gulf, California. The sea creature can grow to be five feet long, fully grown, 120 pounds. Animal has been on the endangered list for several years now, but concerns about its survival are growing. There were 600 of them they could track in 97. Population dwindled to 30 in 2017, and today there are thought to be 10 left. 
Environmentalists believe fishermen's use of gill nets is the reason behind the increasing endangerment. Ten left? Man. That's rough. Oh. And then scientists say that the endangered porpoise isn't doomed so long as humans do what? Stop using those nets over there? Yeah, pretty much. What? Ten are going to be able to repopulate the whole deal? They have to capture a few and then just... uh, Vaquita Marina is Spanish for little sea cow. The world's most endangered marine mammal. Small size and black markings. We're really pushing back on the idea that the species is doomed. Comes from Jacqueline Robinson, an evolutionary geneticist at the University of California. While all future vaquita will be descendants of just an estimated 10 remaining porpoises, the study shows that the negative impacts of inbreeding would be minimal. In fact, Robinson and her team found the species would have good chance of recovering if it can just be protected from gill nets. Walls of netting submerged underwater. Okay. She's like, nah, we got good genetic code. It's a bunch of 10 randoms. They're not even related. Yeah, but there's so many gill nets, apparently. They can relaunch. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know enough about conservation to say, like, is it worthwhile to kind of, is there a way to protect these ones? Or will you just ruin them if you interfere? Let's, you know what? Wherever they are, just get rid of these gill nets temporarily. Let them go. Let them do what they do. Let them copulate, as Will says. In Mexico, fishermen use gill nets to collect an endangered fish species called toto. Totoaba. On the black market, Totoaba can fetch up to 50 G's. It's a delicacy in China. 50 G's for the... Can I see what a Totoaba looks like? So th- they're already... They're screwing this guy up because they're going for this other, other yeah, even more yeah, endangered yeah. guy. Yeah. That looks like a regular fish. Are you pissed or what, Well, Yeah. It's not... Uh, Are you pissed? 50 G's for one of those guys? Any kind of extinction of an animal is... The large payoff attracts fishermen. Like, these dudes are driven by the demand. These dudes, these fishermen, you know, the type of town they live in, type of lifestyle they have. If someone says, hey, there's a $50,000 fish out there, they're yeah. going to do whatever it takes. You, gotta, you can't be buying this $50,000 fish. That's the problem. Uh-huh. That's some goofy. They probably, what do they think about it? Well, give me, let's go deeper. Okay. Let's go deeper because you're pissed. This Toto Abba. Uh-huh. What's so good about it? Why are they going to spend 50 G's for it? The bladder. They want the bladder? What's going on with the bladder? What's it supposed to cure? Come on. Okay, hold on. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're going, then let's go. Not the vaquita. Let's just find out why, why you need that. Delicacy in Chinese cuisine. Let's go. No, click on the wiki. Click on. The, we're going deep, okay? We're going to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> the totaba is a two-meter fish can be 220 pounds in weight. Big boy. The largest species in the drum family. Uh, It can live up to 15 years. Sexual maturity is not reached till six to seven years old. And this fish spawns only twice a year. Population growth is slow with a a minimum population doubling time of four and a half to 15 years. So it's slow. Okay. Reproduction is slow, which is the key why it would be vulnerable. Mm. You understand? Because it takes too long to make more. A threat to Totoaba is human poaching. The swim bladder is a valuable commodity. It is considered a delicacy in Chinese cuisine. The meat is sought after for making soups. It can fetch high prices. 200 bladders sold for $3.6 million. Oh, my goodness. 
as it is erroneously believed by many Chinese to be a treatment for fertility, circulatory skin problems, swim bladder, smuggled to Hong Kong, illegal import screenings are lax. From there, they're sometimes forwarded to Chinese mainland. The trade once focused on the Chinese Bahaba, but its population is already depleted, so they shifted to Totoaba. And the illegal Totoaba fishery threatens the Vaquita as a, because of the type of nets you use targets them as well, which is what we just talked about, yeah. that there's only 10 left. So you got to shut this one down. They got to patrol this region yeah, and go yeah. leave the bladders alone, all right? Uh-huh. It's not going to fix your fertility. Uh-huh. Just leave Neither the... Neither is the rhino horn. Just leave the bladder over there. Yeah. Let's not worry Leave it about, alone. Let's not worry about the bladders. And if you don't have the 3.6 million for the bladders, then the fishermen aren't going to jump out there. So the, the demand goes down and they're like, oh, who cares? It's just another fish. Leave it alone. Yeah. No, no fertility over there. Mm-hmm. Let them copulate. Can we do that? Let the fish copulate. Yeah. You understand? They don't copulate. What are you talking about? The, the, the porpoise would. This guy's not copulating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy over here got the eggs. He's fertilizing. Oh, okay. Let's be clear on it. Gotcha. Fish, mammal, porpoise. Let's get it straight. Mm. The dolphins definitely copulate. Yeah. Bizarre sight over Sydney stuns onlookers. But what is it? Is it disturbing? It's unsettling. Is it, is it unsettling or is That's it ominous? Serious. Yeah. All oh, of the above. Willie Dew's bucket of words. A dark, wispy mass floating above the water in Sydney this week had people perplexed. Let's shoot it down with a $400,000 missile. Yeah. Why don't we? An unusual sight in the sky above Sydney over the weekend has baffled the masses with many questioning what on earth it could be. Can someone explain to me what this is? One observer wrote, the video shows what looks to be a dark mass floating midair. It looks like a villain in a movie. It looks like Venom or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. or, a, or some kind of um, Harry Potter spell. Uh-huh. What's the game? Hogwarts. Some sort of Hogwarts. <laughs> Hogwarts? <laughs> yeah, it looks like a Hogwarts It's to me. not plural. That's right. The city man who filmed the site suggested it looks like liquid metal and believed it wasn't a cloud. Well, this is actually what aliens look like. Actually, we had it all wrong. They, yeah, they're not balloons. They, they're floating. They're not. Yeah. Unusual cloud formations. Here are some of the wild theories that have emerged online. Maybe it's a UFO. Others said it was air pollution. Many drew comparisons to a Dementor from the Harry Potter series. I don't even know Harry Potter. I don't even know what it's about. I don't even know what a Hogwarts is. A dark, soul-like figure that would glide through the air. Yeah. I knew there was a Harry Potter element. That's about Because Harry Potter's just booming right now. Yeah. Everybody loves it's it. Coming right back. Now. It's booming right now. This is people with the nostalgia, guys your age. Mm-hmm. You know anything about this? Harry I Potter? know what a Dementor is. I you know what say? Hogwarts is. You know about these things. Not Hogwarts. No, but I liked as it. You, it sounds funnier yeah. as a singular. Yeah. Like, hey, that's a Hogwarts. It's like a type of hog. Uh huh. Or a type of wart. Sure. Yeah. Most concluded that the mass was, in fact, a scud cloud. Which also, because we talked about missile, you know, there's a thing called a Scud missile. Okay. It appears at a low height above ground. It usually uh, detached and irregular. A low-level moisture happens when there's a storm. It's basically a cloud, one said. Someone else said, I don't think it's a cloud. 
I just Googled Scud Cloud, scrolled through countless images, and nothing looked like this. Another one agreed. Well, this is just the internet now. Arguing, as usual. Do you have a video of it? Let's let's watch yeah. for ourselves. Look at that. Hmm. That looks kind of crazy, just eh? Just hanging there. Oof. It's creepy looking. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. It's definitely not a thing that I like. But I guess... And it seems like it's close to the ground, too. The prevailing... It's, it's lower than the clouds. The prevailing thinking here is that it is some type of cloud formation. And we just have to go with that. Well, I don't know. Oh, that's but, creepy. I've never a, seen that before. Unless you have a better one for me. So what's it called? A scud cloud? That's what they say. But people say they don't buy it. So you give me a Google image on a scud cloud... Give me a Google image on a scud cloud, and we'll do our own examination because we're detectives, and we get to the bottom of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of these look like tornadoes, but yeah, I, I guess. Well, I guess. Uh, well, but it's detached. <laughs> these ones seem like it's well, connected to the type. De- type detached. Type detached. Scud cloud detached. Let's see here. Like those. If you go click on that one to the right with the eight wood TV left, one to left. Like some of those, if they detach. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably an alien. Yeah. It's probably a hogwart. Japanese officials investigate mysterious sphere watched up. Would this one be ominous? Maybe. Yeah. You know us. We got to investigate any mysterious object. We're the, of course. We're, actually, we're the UFO hunters. Unidentified flying. I guess in this case, it's washed up on the beach, but maybe it was identif- unidentified and flying at one time. We're the UFO hunters. This is a new name of the show. Okay. What do we got here? Uh, a suspicious ball was reported by a local resident in Hamamatsu. Oh, you... Take a crack. Go ahead. You gotta say it. Go ahead. Take a crack. Hamamatsu. Easy, brother. Easy. Holy crap. You went for it. You went for it like a guy who visited Japan once. (laughs) So did you. (laughs) I didn't go for it to the level of you. You went for it Uh, like a guy who... Took a train and went around Japan, and you were like, "Man, I'm pretty cool. I'm in Japan right now." Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. I recommend everyone to go. Like, but but you did. Yeah. And you were that guy. Uh huh. So say it one more time. Hamamatsu. Oh my god. Believe. Yeah. A southern coastal city, about 155 miles from Tokyo. He called police just before 9 a.m. saying a large round object was washed up on a beach. The woman said her husband first noticed the object while taking a walk on the weekend. It looks like a huge egg or like, hmm. oh, God. According to police, the object is a sphere with a di- diameter around four feet believed to be made of iron. And it has a coating of rust. That is so cool. Looks like Godzilla's egg. That is the beginning of a movie right there. Yeah. They're approaching it, and it, and like these two guys, look at the suits they're in on the beach. (laughs) 
guys. Yeah. Then the noise starts too loud. And, <laughs> too much ah, Space Odyssey. Ah! Yeah. What do you think that is? Mm-hmm. Why is it so round? Isn't it just like some sort of an object? Is it a cannonball? Do they shoot those anymore? I mean, it's iron, right? So yeah. it's something industrial. An x-ray later determined the object was hollow and there was no danger of explosion. Officials restricted access within 655 feet around the object. You got to love that. In Japan, they're like, it's 655. That's the danger. Uh-huh. Not 700, not 600, not 650. Uh-huh. 655 is the distance you need to be away from it. Got it? We ran the number. The strange sighting sparked a brief flurry of TV attention and frenzied social media speculation coming in the wake of the U.S. shooting down of the spy balloons. They're like, oh, is it a payload? Ah, uh, a mooring boy. Yeah, that's like boating. They're like, you know what I mean? Keep the boat in one place. Mm. Maybe. But you had the bomb disposal crews over there. This I'm having flashbacks to the Red Magic video that I did mm. when I was trying to defuse the dynamite, the the bomb. Yeah. yeah, but it was obviously a game. I wasn't really in danger. Uh-huh. But the the stress of it, like these guys, they feel the stress as they inspect, and they're like, "Well, I might, I might be dead. I might not be dead. I approach." I'm not uh, learning too much. Japanese police say they will ask local officials responsible for coastal management to come collect the ball. Come get your ball. Come get your ball. Uh, Well, hopefully we can find uh, more insight later on as the story develops. Yeah. We'll we'll stay on top of it. We're We're the hunters, the UFO hunters. Yeah. Superior to human skin, scientists have... Artificial skin with incredible sensing capabilities. I think we covered something like this in the past mm. that they've made uh, they've made some discoveries in the world of artificial touch. Everybody's gonna like have some VR version of it so they can mm-hmm. feel what's happening in the game. Yeah, you don't have to wear a skin suit. It'll just be tied to your skin. Oh, they're artificial experiences. Artificial skin, also known as synthetic skin, is a man-made material designed to mimic the properties and functions of human skin using a variety of applications. Okay, this is better. Wound healing, cosmetic surgery, uh, skin. Why you got to be so bored with that, Will? We got to take it so ridiculous. Why you got to get, so, get so bored with that, Will? We just no, take, no, I, I think it's cool. We just take the tech angle on it. You know? I would use it, sure. Researchers have created an artificial skin that surpasses human skin in its sensitivity to detect pressure applied by an object and its approach. In a study published in the journal Small, scientists utilize the dual response of artificial skin for various purposes, including controlling virtual game characters. There's Will. Will's back. Hamamatsu. Exciting. Navigating electronic maps. And scrolling through digital documents, the artificial skin was able to distinguish different signals from approaching targets, enabling touchless object identification. Mm. Woo! Game controllers in the future? Uh-huh. Skin? The advance provides a proof of concept application for rendering a robot to classify materials, including polymers, metals, and human skin in an in, in entirely touchless mode. The researchers note that such artificial skin can be used in next-generation engineered electronics, 
with potential in human machine interfaces, artificial intelligence, prosthesis, and augmented reality. So we can get the cyborg arm, which is five times as strong, ten times the touch. Mm. Or you could just use it to repair people who need some extra skin going on. Yeah. All of a sudden, Will's swapping all of his skin for this skin. <laughs> yeah, every, every inch. I need extreme sensing capabilities. I was just imagining some kind of weird villain in a superhero movie. Uh huh. I guess you would just have to replace maybe your fingertips at first. I want to sense more. I will feel the humans. I can feel from distance. I feel your warmth. I'm kind of like uh, Dune, maybe. Did you watch Dune? Yeah. Yeah. And did you like the big guy? You know the big guy? The floating guy? Yeah, he's the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you really like that oh, guy. Oh, man. When they... Skarsgård. Uh, is that his name? One of them. What was his people or his group called? Oh. Maybe mind. someone in chat. Remind me what his group was called. They had the different, like, nations and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Dune groups, man, you're in some other <laughs> stuff going on. I mean, it's vast. The Dune world is vast. Yeah. And they got to go to, they got to go to a place, Harkonnen. These people are better than you, Will. Definitely. Shout out. I don't know who answered it first, but I see uh, Peter and Harkonnen. And we got to go to, where did they have to go to? What was the place they had to go to? The other planet? Yeah. No? This, uh, no. 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 God damn, Will, I thought you were a movie guy. Arrakis. Yeah, and I, yeah They got to go to Arrakis. I thought you were a movie guy. You got time for this stuff. Dude, I, I don't uh-oh, know uh-oh. too much about it. I enjoyed it, though. You got time for this stuff? Timothy Shamalay? Shamalot? Whatever it is. <laughs> Shamalot. Shamalet? You got time for him, don't you? Uh... You don't have time for him? No, he's a good guy. Yeah, you guys are pals. Am I? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I like that guy. When they approach him, big Harkonnen dude, and they approach him from behind, he's kind of slumped over like this, but he's got no clothes on. Oh, my God. I love that. (laughs) I love that. They approach him. Yeah. He's just, like, so heavy Uh and so slumped. And so annoyed that you're approaching him. Mm-hmm. I love that combination of things. He's got like a mob boss thing going on. Yeah. And he's so dominant. Like it doesn't, it's painful how dominant he is. Yeah. He's like, and he's winning so bad, so hard that it, like continuing to win is annoying. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You bring this to me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, Will? Yeah. In his uh, black bath oh i love the black bath yeah i'm gonna watch i don't like anything and i like you should watch it again i don't like anything and i like dune so you bring this to me you know he reminds me of kind of like marlon brando at the at towards the end like if godfather was sci-fi times a hundred yeah He's definitely the shot. You asked me for a favor on my daughter's wedding. 
You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. I thought you know about these things, Will. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie. Let's just say that. Which one? Uh, Dune or Godfather? Both. I thought you knew about these things, Will. Yeah, I, you know, I try. You got too much stuff in here. Up there? Yeah, I need to defrag. Yeah, get rid of some of that. You don't need all of it. Yeah. Just take a little piece out and share it with the world. Yeah. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Don't need you anymore. Popular Instagram photographer confesses that his work is AI generated. Oh, Will. This is another uh, of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. This is what he did. He actually did it, but on Instagram, it wasn't me. It was what stable diffusion, or it was mid journey, mid journey, or, or one of those. Uh, 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 more and more AI generated images are flooding the internet. You might start thinking it's easy to tell what's real and what isn't. For instance, too many fingers or the appearance of random limbs is an obvious giveaway. That's Will's favorite giveaway. He goes, "Look at the hands." Oh, my God, this guy's fired up over here. But the work of popular Instagram photographer Joe Avery drives home the point that the line between AI imagery and work created by actual photographers is becoming more and more blurred. Avery's admired portrait photography has recently unraveled. With a photographer's own admission of his work being entirely AI-generated, his confession also brings up questions of when and how to disclose the use of AI in content creation. Oh, my God. They're like, you got to let us know, man. You can't just go, like, six months... Saying you're photographing people, and then you're like, "Uh, No, my bad. Sorry, guys. It was AI the whole time. He opened his portrait photography account on Instagram October 2022, and in just a few short months, his stunning black and white photographs amassed a following of 12,000 people. But his followers, who wrote enthusiastic comments about how much his work inspired them, didn't realize that Avery hadn't picked up a camera at all. All of his images were created using MidJourney and then retouched by him. In January, feeling conflicted about deceiving his followers, he came clean to the online publication Ars Technica. My uh, Instagram account has blown up since October, more than I expected, because it is where I post AI-generated human-finished portraits. Probably 95-plus percent of the followers don't realize it's what I'm doing. I got to come clean. Wow, what a dilemma. You're like, they're loving what's going on. Does it matter where they're from? And then he's like, yeah, it matters where they're from. These look amazing. These are so good. Yeah. They This one kind of looks like Arnold here. Why is nobody I mean, I, I'm seeing the AI now in the eyes, but why is nobody oh, this guy. why is nobody ugly? This guy looks like a Giga Chad. Can I get an ugly AI generated person? No, is it no. even possible? Why are they all so good? Look, they all look like an Apple ad or whatever. Nobody's ugly. I need more ugly. I don't, you can keep scrolling, Will, but I'm not seeing ugly. You tell me when you see ugly, because they're not ugly. There's another Giga, Chad. They're not ugly, Will. Yeah, yeah. They're all Giga. I want ugly AI. I'm, I'm going to need to see it pretty, he, well, he reposted the one Giga, Chad. <laughs> yeah, these two. Maybe this guy, too. I just need more ugly. That's the thing. You are you hovering there? Are you hovering? Are you hovering? Because that man is not ugly. He's not. No, if you call that man ugly, I I don't think you've seen ugly. No, okay. He's old, but he's not ugly. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it just keeps going. Wow. 
Well, you can understand why this stuff would be potent on Instagram. You're just scrolling through. Like, well, this you, one's definitely like they're looking right very at you. Journey. They're looking right at you. Let's see how. Okay. Stable diffusion. Or Little people. Emily stands at the bus stop, oh watching the leaves swirl around her feet. The leaves are a mix of red, orange, yellow, and brown. A kaleidoscope of autumn color. She's wearing a cozy orange sweater and her favorite pair of jeans. And despite the chill in the air, she's feeling happy and excited. The bus pulls up and she climbs on board, taking a seat near the window. As the bus winds its way through the countryside, Emily can't help but admire the beauty of the changing landscape. Everywhere she looks, there are trees adorned with vibrant leaves and the smell of wood smoke in the air. When the bus reaches her stop, Emily hops off and makes her way to the park. It's her favorite place in the fall, and she loves walking through the crunchy leaves and admiring the beauty of the season. She takes her time, savoring the moment, and as she reaches the top of the hill, she pauses to take it all in. The sun is setting, casting a warm orange glow across the land. Emily stands there mesmerized by the beauty of the moment, feeling a deep sense of contentment. As the sky darkens and the stars begin to twinkle, she takes a deep breath and smiles. Fall is her favorite time of year, and she knows that this moment will stay with her forever. Well, if all I got to do is read that and know the guy's using mid-journey. <laughs> like, that sounds like mid-journey. Uh, I'm not saying it sounds like, it sounds like chat GPT. Mm-hmm. It sounds like AI. It sounds like if I was using mid-journey, that's what my description would sound like. Mm-hmm. But there are really convincing uh-huh. ones. I mean, this one looks really real. Right, but it does. I don't think it. You know, th- this is only going to. Let get, me see the hands. <laughs> show me the hands. Uh, but this, listen. Oh, look at this guy. The old guys look amazing because yeah, they did they so good better. at wrinkles. Yeah, so good at wrinkles. Oh. oh, yeah. There might be a weird thing over here. The eyes being dim, well, not lit correctly. Yeah, this looks like a sharp point. Uh, that is, and then under the other eye, it looks like it's too blurred. Right there, that section. Yeah. Like, I can't figure out the right, focus right. point if I'm really inspecting it. But listen, I think that's why they mostly focus on young people, because it's they might be a little easier. The eyes are messed up on that guy, the other old guy. This guy. Yep. Yeah. The eyes they are look, mess- they look inserted into yeah. the rest of the face. It's tough. Look at the crooked nose on this guy. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know what? He does what I want. He does what I want. But this looks like a really good render of someone. It does. Like a model. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, increasingly going to be the case where people are going to be skeptical now of all the images they see. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe now it's going to basically call out all the Photoshops and AIs and then we'll know what to look for. We're all going to become trained. And we're, well... The downside of that is we're going to trust nothing. Yeah. And this guy feels bad. But what about all the other people that still continues to push this like AI agenda of like other people like the audience claiming that's real. And they're making money out of it. Yeah. The artist or. I don't know if people what? got offended at my ugly terminology. I meant real. I meant we I meant ugly is that the. the the accurate 
I mean, maybe that's not fair because you could argue that that isn't ugly, actually, like the human in the truest. But I was just suggesting that there's a, a bias, an AI bias towards a particular look, mm-hmm. which is less real and more surreal or more specific, certainly youthful in many cases. And you have to start to wonder about those preferences and start to wonder about that presentation. I mean, we talked about the jawline getting pinched on Jennifer Aniston via Photoshop and then detected. And there's a clip you can watch for yourself. Like, what was it? 90%? No, 50%. Yeah. Of photos having showing signs of a very particular Photoshop tool being used to change the shape of a face. Change the shape to what? It would be some sort of ideal. So I use the word ugly, which is essentially against the ideal, mm-hmm. which to me, well, I don't care what terminology you use to describe it, actually. Mm. But I turn off the beauty mode right away, and I don't have any interest in appearing any different than I am. So for the audio listeners, the Instagram is called Avery Season Art. Anyone who wants to check it out. Yeah, asymmetric faces, natural imperfections. Yeah, like I'm into this stuff. Yeah. I'm into it. All right, last one. Can you tell the difference between genuine and AI-generated art? All right, now this is my turn, Will. You got another game for me? Uh Uh-huh. Good stuff. That's always fun. And we will see if I'm capable. Uh, So am I going to get one and then the next? How's it work? Yeah, it's going to be like uh, five or six of these pictures, and then you have to choose. Okay, so was this photo taken by a human or generated by AI? This is my number one. I'm not going to look at this chat. You guys play along as well. Put your answers in the chat or in the comments. I am going to go with AI on this one. AI. You'll get the answers. uh, Okay, yep, next. So this is a painting. Painting, human or AI. I will go with human on this one. Okay. I don't know. Brush stroke. Human or AI. I want AI on this one. No, I want human on this one. Okay. Oh, how dare you screw with me like this. This one I thought was easy. Really? Fingers? <laughs> you love fingers. AI. Human or AI? Weird hand, weird cup on the left hand. AI. Okay. <laughs> I love this picture <laughs> or this painting. This is amazing. Look how weird that little dog is. Um, buttons are the buttons slightly off? No, because it is buttoned there. It, it does have one button right, done. Right. I'm gonna go human on this. Okay. It's a risky. That's like that's, that's a risky it. human. All right, hold on. Let's see here. Well, I'll be happy if I got two. Oh, two sent to like me. What's that? View accuracy. Okay, here we go. AI. One for one? right. Okay, one for one. Let's go. It was created by Night Cafe with the prompt Navajo woman with her hair and braids. Okay, we're one for one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're two for two. That was a human artist, correct. 
Jean Simeon Chardin painted fruit, jug, and glass in the 1720s. Yeah, that looked like a human to me. Ooh, that was a late change for me. I went from AI to human, and I think I was skewed just by the theme. It's like, oh, that's very pink and... Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's a human as well. The artist is Kelly McKernan. Uh, we, oh, this, look at you. The finger one, yeah, we got it, obviously. This was a tricky one only because if you just go straight to their faces, you're like, oh, this looks like a ton of religious paintings that you've seen yeah but then you look more closely and you're like weird stuff is off like his halo the baby's halo obviously the fingers the i hands. feel like the deformed face too the, like look at right look here? at look at his shoulder right the the cloak is like kind of oh, yeah, yeah. weirdly smudged and yeah her neck the rolls in her neck are like slightly off yeah a few things uh this one was easy i think because of the guy's face on the right I like this image. If I had to pick an AI image that I liked, I like this image. I don't know. Okay. Old guys, white beards, weird hats. I can't really place the background. Very dreamlike. Yeah. Like I a just, Picasso or something. I don't know. I, 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 if I had to pick one of the AI ones, I would take this or even Van Gogh. even with its imperfection. I would yeah. leave it how it is and go, well, that's that's how it, yeah, yeah. That's what the AI put together. Last one. Hey. Is that the last one? Yeah. So I was perfect. Yeah. Damn, dude. By the, humans. Yeah. This one is is was also a little bit sketchy because it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird image. Uh-huh. You're like, what kind of dude is painting that? Uh, but I like this. This Alice in Wonderland type of thing going on. That dog is really small. Yeah, yeah. The lower body, upper body, the foot. Like I don't know. I just, I also this is maybe my favorite overall, even okay. though it's by a human. Okay. This is probably my favorite, like, checkerboard on the floor. Yeah. This thing is wonky, the one button, but then that jacket has so many buttons on it. Can that you, threw you off, eh? Well, it's just, like, it's a lot of buttons on a jacket, but I don't know what they were doing. Let's see when this was painted. Go to the uh, 18th century American artist. It's like, it's Jonathan Bentham. How about that? Perfect on it. Really? Now, I don't know. You guys are probably going to say you went perfect also. I hope you did. This is the future, guys. We got to be able to detect. We got to put our detectors on. We got to stalk the stalkers. We got to know what's happening, you know? We got to have our lenses. We got to have our, we got to adjust our glasses, our frames, separate the real from the fake. That's the mission in 2023. Hopefully, we can help every so often. And then we also appreciate when you help back, like when I can't find the word prolific. Very sp- I needed that word, yeah. Will. You don't understand, man. I needed that word. I couldn't move on. And the yeah. people, the community came to the rescue. And that's what I like. It's symbiotic. Sure, sure. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate everybody who joined here today. Appreciate everybody who joins every single time, every single day. We're here. We're live. We're going to keep being live. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow's a Friday show, isn't it? Friday. And who knows? Maybe Mo's not too busy for us tomorrow because today he was like... All he did is give me a kick in the butt. Like, I walked past. He's like, boom. I was like, that's violent. (laughs) See you guys tomorrow. Later.